2: And welcome to another 1993 movie Because we just cannot get out of this year Uh, We're stuck, help us, please Celebrating another 30 year anniversary uh, 1993's Body Snatchers Absolutely fascinating movie And I am so interested to hear Why Kyle picked this Because I forgot Mm -hmm. that I knew this VHS cover It's just (laughs) about
1: the cover, isn't it? No, it was So, I mean, we we talk about VHS covers all the time. Yeah, we do. Uh, like, and and there are and the ones that we talk about, I would say, are more eccentric and not as like sort of like. I don't. This one's not subtle, but this one's more more subtle than a lot of the ones that I've talked about. At least they're the ones that I've claimed like I remember so much. But my grandparents would take me up to Vermont every summer uh, when I was. Five. So, I mean, 95, 96, uh, you know, we would go up there for those, that, those, that, those years, like those early 90s, mid 90s years. This cover art was one that I remember really, really vividly. And I think that it's because I used to do these instead of, you know, haunted houses, we would do a haunted yard and we would set up a lot oh, yeah. of Halloween decorations in our yard and we'd do like a little walkthrough and my grandparents and I and my family it was like the highlight of our october and a lot of paper mache a lot of like styrofoam heads a lot of mannequins from the bridal store that my mom and my grandmother worked at right so it's like this cover art really evoked a lot of that in me this this sort of cocoon opening up to see a a person underneath which is sort of what i always thought and felt from these replicated uh things that we would use for this halloween decorations and it just stuck with me it just totally stuck with me and then now as somebody who's more verse in horror uh or genre, just any genre knowing that abel ferreira made this um, so that is you know, so a weird. version of invasion of the body snatchers this is actually the first version of invasion of the body snatchers that i've ever seen oh uh, you haven't uh, watched the like 73 one i've not watched the 73 one although i've owned it forever I've not watched the 50s one. This is... I've not read the book. I actually, it, you know, in watching this, I realized that even in the lore of Body Snatchers, there's some stuff that I wasn't... I mean, this this obviously probably takes some liberties, but in the lore of Body Snatchers, I, there was some stuff that I didn't realize was happening. So this is a pretty a pretty clean viewing of it for me. I think actually maybe the only, the only information that I've gotten was from that Queer for Fear episode on Shudder that talked about... Body Snatchers, which I talked about on the show before, so th- this helped lead into that. I had the Snapcase DVD that I watched with the widescreen on one nice. side and the standard version on of the course. other yeah. so, uh, for this for this podcast.
2: So, you're in good company, I guess. If this is the only Body Snatchers movie you've ever seen, according to Roger Ebert, you've seen the best one. Uh, Roger <laughs> Ebert infamously gave this four out of four stars and said it was the best adaptation of the novel he's ever seen. Really? This movie's production is wild. Like, like let's you already said the director. We got the director of Driller Killer and King of New York and Bad Lieutenant making this movie. Right mm-hmm. off of Bad Lieutenant. The story was written by Larry Cohen with, with Stuart, Stuart Gordon, Gordon writing the yeah. screenplay. Yeah.
1: And it's produced I by Warner swore That was
0: why he picked it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. But when I saw those names come up, I was like, holy shit yeah. Dude, the ca- <laughs> we'll like, get into the cast so in, this in a second. And eighty seven minutes or yeah. whatever. I'm like, yes, right. this is a perfect horror movie night movie. So
2: this is potentially Maybe. one of the biggest flops we've ever discussed on this show. I took oh, down like, the number two. It's, yeah, it's box crazy. box office. Flop. So a thirteen million dollar budget with a domestic box office of four hundred and twenty eight thousand eight hundred and twenty eight dollars. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. So that's how, but, but but here's the thing. It almost was intentional. This movie debuted at the Cannes Film Festival Mm -hmm. to like great acclaim. Like people were like, this thing's going to be great. But then as to, it was supposed to come out in October of 92. And then Warner Brothers decided to put out uh, Innocent Blood instead. They thought that like a vampire comedy would do better. They were wrong and that movie, that movie is also flop but then they were afraid that the horror genre was like kind of overwhelmed with like very serious movies because you had like Candyman Brom Stoker's Dracula Hellraiser 3 all came out in 93 so they kept rescheduling the movie and then just unceremoniously released it in like 12 theaters in like January of 1994 like <laughs> that's
1: crazy pants to yeah. me. that's nuts.
2: Yeah, it's fucking wild, but I have to say this is one of those movies where I enjoyed my watch. I thought that this was like a well-made movie. I think that there's a lot that you can discuss and analyze about it, and I also think there's like some cool just like practical effect shit that we can like Geek out about, but this is kind of one of the hardest movies for me to be like. Where do we Where do we go with this exactly?
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I guess I was I was ex- I was expecting a little bit more. Like yeah. this was, like I said, first time watch for me. Well, again, I, I just
2: the box art and everything about it screams low budget bombastic movie, but it's actually like. A legit studio film trying to do a serious sci fi horror movie. So it's kinda yeah. like if we did an episode on
1: Alien. You know what I mean? Like you'd <laughs> be like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Carly Carly leaned over to me and she was like, This kind of feels like PG thirteen like teen horror to me. And besides some of the there's a lot of I boobs. mean, I, There's a lot of uh, there was boobs I was like, besides <laughs> besides the nudity and besides some of the more like scary effects, I'm like Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I like I kinda see that. Um it was it's certainly more tame for a Ferrera movie than I expected. Um I was expecting a little bit a little bit more. But then it also like delivered on some of the the goopier slash like alien y things that I was hoping for. I didn't like I didn't feel dissatisfied with I, the amount necessarily. I think Ferreira's exploitation
2: comes out in the nudity though, because so much of like I was floored that like you could show someone coming out naked from the backside and he does it from the front side. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> Like yeah. I like yeah. legitimately yeah. made no, like that, an that audible like, rating. Way wow. Yeah. What, what yeah. is that? That is a, that is a choice. Um, yeah. also look, cast is insane, right? You got Forrest Riddicker up in there, you got Meg Tilly, Gabrielle Anwar,
1: Arlie Emery, and
2: then Kyle. Kyle from Child's Play Two plays uh, the the best friend for in the movie Platt.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but also Gabrielle Anwar was in her yeah. element in like 1993. Yes. She was just in. She was the it girl for like a good two years there. <laughs> and I think this was kind of the beginning of the end of her it girl
2: phase. When I looked at her wiki page, I'm like this. This was a huge bomb, and it didn't look like she had any big home runs after that, and then it's like, it's one of those sad things where you scroll through a wiki page, and the the hyperlinks become less and less frequent <laughs> on the titles, and you're just like, I've oh, never no. actually
0: thought about that, but yes, that is quite <laughs> telling. What else was she from? Uh, she was in Scent of a Woman. You, you'd know her from Scent of a Woman.
2: She was in If Looks Could Kill. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you've yeah, ever but- seen that. Oh, pilot. so she's very like erotic thriller slash yes, like, thriller. Yeah, she's erotic thriller girl.
2: Kyle, I heard a sound in the background, but also one of the movies you might remember her from was Turbulence Three Heavy Metal. Uh <laughs> just seems like the type of movie you'd have watched. One,
1: <laughs> fuck you. Two, good call. I haven't seen it, but that's, <laughs> but it's now on my, but it's now on my list. And three. I opened up a, a beer from the brewery called Just a Kiss, because uh, oh. that's all you need to get your body snatched. Yeah. Which, when Meg Tilly comes out of the closet full frontal, I leaned over to Carly. I go, body snatchers? More like snatched Bob." <laughs> and she goes, don't say that. Don't say that on a podcast. Well, she can't stop well, you. Well, here we are. She won't listen. It's anyway. too late. I'm a dad now. I say everything <laughs> I want to say. Oh, um, Guys,
2: quick pause, quick pause. I clicked into the I clicked into the Turbulence Three wiki page because I remember Turbulence. Turbulence is like just fucking speed Air Force air. One, speed in the air. So first of all, this is the box art, which yeah, it's bad. Grabbed my attention, but is that the Langoliers? <laughs> that looks exactly like the Langoliers. So <laughs> I was just scrolling through because I'm like, that looks like a horror movie. Did they like, did they like get more weird and demonic? And I'm scrolling through here, and I just read this sentence with no context anything else all I know is that it's about a band that's on a plane Kate realizes that the cult is planning to crash their plane into a small church with hopes that it will release a demon. <laughs> Guys,
0: why are we sleeping on the turbulence?
1: Yo, that's, that's an immediate watch, y'all. That, that's
0: an immediate watch. Find us the Tubi link. Scott, did you have did you
1: have something that you were sipping on for this one too?
0: I I was when I was so uh so very unceremoniously shut up by Matt. Um, well Turbulence. It was a very turbulent turbulence, podcast. Yeah, okay. yeah, Turbulence Three does take precedence. Megan picked again this week, she picked this one, um, Heat Seeker. It's got a snake on it. But I, I feel like yep. plants are um, th- these these killer plants are, are heat seekers. also well, they're
1: body heat seeking for sure
0: yeah and and um if, if you need to if you need to rehydrate, I have what plants crave uh-huh. electrolytes Gatorade. There oh.
2: <laughs> I want to expound on one of the things that Roger Ebert found so brilliant about this movie, which I actually agree with. This is the only body snatchers movie that doesn't take place in a small town. that is, In the books and every other adaptation, it's like this invasion is happening in a small town. This one takes place on an army base. And Roger Ebert pointed out that he thought that that was a brilliant decision because there is no other place where conformity is more praised than Mm -hmm. on an army base so that it adds this extra piece of satire. It becomes... Almost like a like a military uh, satire, simultaneously while being an adaptation of it, which I do like. I think that this is a good movie, guys. Like, I just don't. I don't know if it's the best horror movie night pick in the history of the world. There's some great moments, but I'm like, this is like a legitimate good movie.
0: Well, the thing about making it 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 being a good movie that might not be the best for the show is also the pacing because it's um. It's a little slower than our usual fare. For for an eighty-seven fine. minute movie, it felt longer than eighty-seven minutes. Yeah. I'll yeah, say that. It's, much, it's not a, I, I'm not. I'm not criticizing the movie. I do think that the movie is good. I think that it is good in a way that makes me not super hyped about it. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not upset about the watch, but I'm also not gonna be like, "Damn, I gotta tell people at Creature Feature that you know they're 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 sleeping on." Body snatchers from 1993. Scott, they shouldn't be sleeping at all. That's
2: how they get you. Oh shit!
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was gonna have some some chamomile tea as my drink because I'm like, snatch me, snatch me plants.
1: Melatonin, please. I won't
0: lie, man. This movie, they. They make a
2: good argument to be a pod person in a couple scenes.
1: Yeah. And also, They're like, all the for anxiety
2: somebody, and stress
0: goes away. Goes and I'm away. like, tell me more. Yeah. And I'm also <laughs> like, so are you telling me that I get to become Swamp Thing? Yeah. because that yeah. is you know how like kids, That's a childhood get, dream come true, right? Yeah, there for it's Scott. like <laughs> if, if if someone wanted to get six year old Megan in a van, they would just say free puppies, right? If they yeah. wanted me to turn into a pod person, they'd just be like swamp thing, and I'd be like fucking put me to sleep, Done. knock me out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love that there's this element throughout the movie, right? You have the main girl, her little brother, and her dad they're they're kind of our quote unquote heroes and then her boy her pseudo boyfriend military base guy Tim Tim I love that throughout this movie you see the dad constantly tempted by the promise of being a pod person so much so that like they don't have to show us him being taken over like when he's alone in the office listening to them sell to Forrest Whitaker and then the next time you see him He's a pod person. It's like you walk away from that, being like he—he probably offered himself to that. He sold out. Yeah, like he he like one hundred percent. Like it's, but I think that that's kind of. But I still didn't believe
0: it. I still wasn't sure. It still like left. Dude, when he first got shot,
2: I'm like, oh no! Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. that kid Billy or whatever his name is, he got really fucked over in this movie because, so first of all, uh, he sees her body. Disintegrate and then he sees the fake one and the pod person and he goes That's not my mommy. My mommy's dead and I'm like that's fucking dark and I was like, yeah. you know Also, you see the pod person version of your mom like fully nude um, And and that's that's gonna mess with your mess with your mind and then he watches his dad get shot in the chest and he watches his dad's body dissolve into red goo so it's actually quite good that he got turned into a pod person and then thrown out a window when they threw threw
2: that kid out of the (laughs) fucking
0: helicopter
2: (laughs) i was like i laughed i I, I laughed laughed. it's hysterical we
1: talk a lot of we talk about a lot of bad kid actors uh, on this show. Mm-hmm. And that kid got it. Like that kid was like pretty fucking good. That, that schoolroom scene immediately when he was just like holding up his painting, that's different from everybody else's. And she's just like, I not thought it could have been kid, a zombie
0: movie because every kid yeah. put up what looked like brains. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, did. That was, it was a fun scene though. I think that's my favorite scene of the movie, except for when the, when Gabrielle Anwar's um pod, Person comes down out of the uh, drop ceiling and then splashes oh. into the bath. No, I I
2: like that scene. That scene reminded me a little bit of Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, oh, when that's she's why I like, like it. <laughs> but, but no, I I would say the scene right after that, where she stops her dad from being duplicated, oh, and oh, that yeah. freaking and like half a half a human yeah. thing comes crawling out from. It underneath looks the it bed. looks like
1: the monster from Wreck yeah. in the fucking top of the apartment complex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> it's so sick. It's it's um, that's a good back to back. that whole sequence is great. So because you go from you go from her body snatcher to his body snatcher, to Meg Tilly being like, where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? And the full, like that sort of like, that's the pinnacle of the act two, right? Like that is fucking peak. Everything happens right there. And it's, uh, I just, it's such a great sequence. Because yeah, and- I, because I hear, I because I also agree with Scott. It's like, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, even though the the movie is eighty seven minutes or whatever, like there are parts where it's like, oh, okay, we're just sort of like experiencing, mm-hmm. and I and I and it's I. Also it and it so it's also because we know what's going to happen. Well, yeah, we do. It's well I, mean, like, I Even yeah, we we like. I mean, we know the story by now. Even <laughs> even I even me, I don't know shit about shit, but like I knew that what was going to happen. Do
2: you uh, almost think that it would be better, like, you know, go back thirty years? Do you almost think it would be better to not name it Body Snatchers? Just name it something else and like kind of surprise people with it being an adaptation of Body Snatchers. Well, because it, it wouldn't have worked. I agree with you. The title. <laughs> held, I mean, it made four hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars anyway. I don't think <laughs> it couldn't have done worse. <laughs> like, well, so
1: let's look at what did um what was the what was the one that was it? Nicole Kidman. That was there just was called The Invasion. Like, the Invasion. Yeah. OK. Oh, is so, that another uh, copy of the Body yeah. Snatchers? Okay. Yeah. That was yeah, the most was, like, recent what? one. I mean, that movie just by nature and time probably did better anyway, but but I don't think it did that great. Yeah. You know? Like, I just I
2: mean with the pacing of this movie, it'd almost be better if you didn't if you were part of the mystery, right? Like you're sure. watching it and you're also questioning it. But like when you're watching it fully aware of what an invasion of the body snatchers movie is, you're kind of just like to, yeah. to use a Simpsons quote it's kind of just like when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? Like you're right. just like sitting there right. waiting and waiting and waiting for the exciting part to happen. i and again, it's it's brilliant. I would love to pop this movie on to somebody not telling them what it is. Yeah, and I bet that they would have a fucking blast with it, trying to figure out what was going on until yep. the pod people showed up, and then they'd be like, "Oh, it's invasion of the body!" Like I think that that could work. But you're right. It's also hard to market it without just saying, like, yeah, it's an adaptation of Invasion of the Body. But that's yeah. that's the it's problem. It's an interesting property.
1: It's kind it, of an interesting property. It's an
2: interesting property, but that becomes the problem with super well-known properties is, like, you can't really do the dramatic tension with a story that everybody fucking knows like could you imagine doing a dracula movie like imagine doing a dracula movie where you don't introduce dracula for the first hour of the movie and you're just following
0: renfield like selling real estate (laughs) across hey matt um i hate to break it to you but they made that movie last year it's called house of darkness and it was fucking terrible yeah see that's a bad way to do a movie (laughs) Well, there's also the invitation which uh, they kind of like gave away that it was vampires but it wasn't supposed to be given away to those vampires that came out last year too yeah i don't know i'm i'm i I think that it might sound like we are being too hard on body snatchers 93 keep in mind that we all all think that this movie is very well made like just yeah just because we're critiquing the property does not mean that this isn't a pretty damn good movie, but no, it also. I, is no. I, I would no, say not not that watching like bombastic,
2: watching this in last week's movie back to back was was a wild experience because it really. Yeah. I was watching a movie that I had a ton of nostalgia for with my boyfriend's back, so I was already in that like, that warm comfort area of like, oh, this is my happy place. But it was just literally just watching the opening credits to this movie. I was feeling like, oh, yeah, this is my shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, there, I, I've said it a million times. There is something about the way that we made these mid 90s horror films that just scratches an itch that even like the most important horror film of like the 70s and 80s doesn't quite scratch for me. And I. Yeah. I can't place my finger on I don't know if it's the type of cameras that they were using. I don't know if it was just the way they edit it. But even just, like I said, that that music with the title and the titles like slowly evaporating throughout the, inter- like yeah. it's just something about it where I'm just like, Oh, I just, I'm home baby. Like I just feel like I'm <laughs> at home when I'm watching it. I think it's a great adaptation. I think it's a great movie. I, I do think it's worth watching. If you're a sci-fi horror fan, if you like, if you love invasion of the body snatchers, this is such an interesting take where it's faithful, to to a point but the the probably the least faithful adaptation at the same time
1: like conceptually it's super faithful mm-hmm. but like it's but on uh, the textually it's not it's very interesting yeah because yeah the military thing totally read yeah like the you know it was like the, the conformity of it and that's so, so that's much so sense. larry cohen and and yeah, Stuart yeah, yeah. gordon to be like and those oh, and there's... those bases are just small towns yeah so yeah. it's like you, you know you're answering two Two questions here like your how do you make it your own and how do you keep it true to like what the, the the source material is and it's by making that choice and it is so Larry Cohen and some of the like the creature stuff is so Stuart Gordon and then like Abel Ferrara just bringing in the exploitation bits even though they were light like it was just it, it was it was a very cool concoction yeah i would of things. i would put this on my shelf
2: i don't know if i'd watch yeah. it a ton but i would i would have it on my shelf as like a breaking case of emergency. If somebody sure. was hanging out and they wanted something a little bit heavier, like they're like, I yeah. want to watch like a horror movie, but I want something that's like well-made. I'd be like, this, you know, it's a slow I burn, got, but it, when it gets need. going, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got to fix. Like the last, the third act of this movie. Well, how is big is fantastic. your
1: trench coat that you open up with all the movies that somebody.
0: There was <laughs> a <It's laughs> point. I, just Body Snatchers. Body I had
2: <laughs> to stop. I had to stop doing it because it was so much work. I had at one point – Kyle, I I had a 200-page Word doc that was – Oh, yeah, this. I remember this. Yeah, it was – so I, I have a separate Word doc that's just all of the DVDs that I own in alphabetical order. I made a secondary doc that was broken down into specific – genres and sub genres so that if so I could just go and type in slasher movies and it would bring me to the part of the document where if I was doing like oh people want to do like a Halloween like let's watch some slasher movies thing I could just type in slasher and see all of the slasher movies that I had in my collection
1: Uh. Oh, Matt, quick plug for something that might be easier for you though, but it will be time consuming to get everything over into that letterbox. <laughs> uh, there's a no, 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 no. There's a there's a um there's an app called CLZ Movies. Mm-hmm. It is a pay app, but um it's a barcode base. You can scan the barcode, and a lot of people have already Ooh. done their physical media collections on there. Uh, I use it, and I fucking love it. And it does allow you to, to sort of tag your own thing so if you wanted to do slasher if you wanted to do movies that take place in a hospital if you, you could tag it hospital like you can do all these things i want to say is maybe 15 bucks but as far as a, a database that I use, and that's a
2: one-time payment or like a monthly. One-time. One oh, time I could pay fifteen dollars oh, yeah. for that. Oh yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, might yeah. want that I would, even. I was going to say if it was one, fifteen a month, no. But I was like, ooh, is this like a dollar a month? Because I'll pay a dollar a month for this shit. And
1: they have one for <laughs> they have one for books. They have one for music. They ooh. have different variations. You're of speaking it. my um, language, Kyle.
0: Um, I just want to tell you
1: guys what the moral of
0: the, this movie is.
1: Sure. What's that? Everyone
0: hates spaghetti squash. Oh.
1: Yeah, dude, it's the worst. I've tried. I fucking,
0: I I love vegetables, but I hate spaghetti squash. Yeah, Doesn't I'm gonna it shoot. I'm gonna shoot all the missiles at spaghetti squash. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, Kyle, what's your double feature? (laughs) Uh, My double feature is Day of the Dead. Really? I was thinking Dawn of the Dead,
0: but actually Day of the Dead makes a lot more sense.
1: Yeah, you know, you got military base, you have uh, military base, you have military base. (laughs) Uh, But no, I just, I I think, I actually had this conversation the other day. Although Night of the Living Dead is maybe in my top three films of all time. I think that Day of the Dead is the best film of the Dead series. Uh, you and I agree I on think... this, and very few other
0: people do actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're I, alone. It's I mean it's two on one, but uh, yeah, I don't agree.
1: And that's but I like I understand. I understand everybody else is reasoning for any other movie except for Diary or Survival. Uh, I understand people like what people why people would rank any of the other ones as their top. I just. Um, but that aside that's for another time I just that's my that's my double feature Um, I think they they both have a lot to say about the stuff that they're talking about in (laughs) in their films both Body Snatchers and Day of the Dead Um,
2: I think I said this on the episode we did about Day of the Dead forever ago but in my opinion it feels like the only of the dead movie where the satire is intentional whereas both Night and Dawn they almost feel like happy accidents um, sure, that yeah. that like made the movie more make make the movie have an additional beat to it, but Day of the Dead yeah. feels very pointed. Like that's the yeah. only of the Dead movie where I really think that George started writing it with something that he wanted to say. <laughs> like, yeah. see, so he had something well, well, on his fucking other...
1: mind making that movie. <laughs> well, then all the other ones do have something to say, but they're too heavy-handed. So yeah. it's like it really feels like Day of the Dead is that bridging of the gap that is so uber-successful on. In its in its execution, but then not necessarily in its reception. And phenomenal
2: gore. Just some of the most you know. phenomenal gore that they've ever done in those movies. Oh,
1: versions. so good. All right. So good.
2: Scott, what, what would your double feature be?
0: I'm going with uh, Starship Troopers. Ooh. I mean, it's just criticizing the military industrial complex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would start with Body Snatchers and end with Starship Troopers because Starship Troopers is... I mean, you can't go wrong by ending your night with that.
2: No. I, I so... Both of you have the military side of it pretty heavy on your your end. I went with something a little bit off the beaten path, but I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense as a double feature. The big difference between these two movies that I'm about to pair it up with is this one, it takes a long time to get to where we're expecting it to go. But once it gets there, it's great. And I'm pairing it up with a movie that takes about 10 minutes to get where we want it to go, and then it doesn't take its foot off the gas, and that is the 1988 remake of The Blob. Hell um, yeah there's, oh, nice. there's just something stylistically about those two movies even though they share almost no similar DNA uh pun intended uh, <laughs> like th- it just feels like it would make sense like it would flow that very well That makes a well. lot
1: of sense. <laughs> like, these are all solid double features. Yeah. I I would sit for any of these. Mahon and Well, us. I'd sit for a lot. So that's not high <laughs> praise. <laughs> all right, Kyle, <laughs> is there
2: anything you watched, read, listened to, etc. that you want to talk about?
1: Um, this is so not what we normally talk about here. But, <laughs> so
2: is mine. Uh, so uh, let's yeah, do this. <laughs> I
1: friend friend of the show, Camp Nightmare host, um, Mr. Dunn. He recommended a book. He gave it to me um, at Creature Feature uh, called "Accidental Saints: Finding God in All the Wrong Peoples" by Nadia Bolz-Weber, who is a, a, a pastor, a Lutheran pastor, who gets a lot of flack for her upbringing and for her life and where she is now and how she incorporates basically her past into her present she was uh, an addict Uh, she swears a lot she does all these things and she applies that all to her teachings now and i think that there's a lot of backlash against preachers or people who find god who then utilize those things to preach about God. I'm not going to try to evangelize here, but I just, I have had some struggles in where I'm at spiritually uh, with sort of this old <laughs> this old way of thinking about God. As much as I love liturgy and as much as I love like where God's come from, I also experience God in a totally different way as a present day person. That just doesn't get touched upon. So anybody who kind of gets closer and closer to that like present day, like this is, this is how you can and how I have experienced God. Uh, it's really interesting. It's also like not a very heady read. Uh, I didn't, I didn't need a lot of like the biblical information to follow along, even though all of it was like footnoted and referenced. And, um, I just wanted to give, um, JB, a shout out for, for that. And if anybody uh, has any interest in that stuff, which is not a lot of our uh, listenership, but at the same time, like, I just, I don't know. I just don't read that stuff often. I don't seek it out because it's always kind of been hurtful and offensive. And like this wasn't and that was such a delight yeah so
2: i definitely want to check that out and i will recommend you any rob bell book as well Re- yeah rob, Bell's rob bell is one dude. of those other yeah absolutely <laughs> but,
1: rob bell is one of those other people uh too so besides the movies that i had watched for this show this week and a uh, wicked world um <laughs> my my life's been in shambles so uh that was uh, that that book's been a nice sort of like every you know five pages here five pages there i finally finished it he gave it to me like i said creature feature last year so yeah. we're It took me a year to read a book, but thank you. Thank you, JB. And, you
2: know, we might as well just change the name to Holy Book Night because I'm going to talk about the book that I'm currently reading, which is Kindness and Wisdom, Why We Need Mr. Rogers More Now Than Ever Before, uh, which is really cool. Um, It's basically two books in one. The first half of the book is about a 115-page biography on Mr. Rogers life. And it's fascinating. And it's interesting. And that's probably the part I'm going to talk about the most in this little segment. But then the second half is literally 10 tips on how to live your life more like Mr. Rogers pulled from the people who knew him the most, like the thing like people sharing the things that he taught them that they started to apply in their day to day life. Um, But some of the stuff that I never knew about Mr. Rogers from reading this biography, and I feel like I'm maybe not as much as Jim Henson but I hold Mr. Rogers pretty high up there as being someone knowledgeable about his life. Um I like that this biography doesn't shy away from the fact that like there are, he was not a flawless person and that like there were times where he was a bit prideful and and a bit too much of a workaholic and and all of that stuff and they they bring that to light but the thing that made made me go I never knew that was actually That as he got older, the original intention was he was going to create enough episodes of Mr. Rogers that a child could watch it from ages one to three every single day, watch an episode and never have a rerun. And then that was all he wanted. He wanted to create three years worth of a child's life daily. He did that. He successfully did that. But then as he got older, um, he had people make him... Co- make him sweaters and clothing that matched exactly how he was dressed in older episodes that he felt that the language had evolved beyond so that he could reshoot those scenes wow. with more like up-to-date gender inclusive language wow. um and like would change things to be slightly more gender neutral in his Depiction, Like he had a song that was like, my mommy does dishes and my daddy goes to work was like one of the lyrics. And he's like, that is just not the case anymore. Yeah. And he felt like it would be irresponsible to allow that to rerun with that type of gender specific lyric. So he rewrote the song and reshot the song to be reinserted into oh. the reruns and stuff like that it's just like what a so fucking guy
1: <laughs> and act, <laughs> actively intentional yes like that's like <laughs> on the on the fucking money like i'm gonna have to change it now it can't just exist that's so interesting that's really interesting
2: yeah to be like it's not it, it's not enough to just be like oh well back then that was okay it's like well i have the ability to make it okay right now so i'm going i'm going to do that right um right you know wow. Another another great artist did something similar to that, a man named George Lucas, who said, this scene needs more CGI monsters. And I, and I could say that this is just where the special effects were back then. But right now, I can make it so much better. But no, I, I do think that that is, um, I, I was like, I, I literally found myself choked There's like three or four stories that I've heard about Mr. Rogers like a million times and they still every single time that i read like these very specific stories of the relationships that he had with his crew uh, i always get choked up i did, i also constantly forget that michael keaton got his start as a cameraman on mr roger's neighborhood <laughs> it's like, really? like, incredible i did not like, know that yeah That's like incredible. he got his start there and he said he's like he was he was a jokester and they talked about how he um mr roger's never cursed the the exact quote was I've never heard Mr. Rogers curse. I've certainly heard the puppets curse. And like, <laughs> he would like, <laughs> like they said that like the one time, his, his one was uh, Lady Eleanor. He would always use as like, oh, I can say all the, all the bean things that are inside me, I can say through Lady Eleanor because it doesn't feel appropriate to say through me. And she's royalty. Yeah, so she- <laughs> you can't, like, what, ca- what can do you do? She's beyond reproach. Yeah, and he yeah. just, they said one time he just like was driving... <laughs> He's like he, the window rolled down <laughs> and he goes, I just see Lady Eleanor's head come out the window and go, Eat shit <laughs> and drive away.
1: <laughs> 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 so so Is that not in that Tom Hanks movie? That did not make it fucking, into Tom Hanks okay, movie. Blind, blind, but okay.
2: uh, yeah, I mean just you know, we stand, Mister Rogers, over here at Horror Movie Night. No I, I think we can all agree the world would be a oh, better yeah. place if more people act it like Mister Rogers did in his life. Tim, no kidding. Rbg, <laughs> like we got, yeah. we got a couple people that uh, that that we here at Horror Movie Night feel like you know maybe maybe lean your life lessons into those people. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All
0: right, Scott, take us home. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to uh, follow that up, but um, ironically. Uh, Anything that's changed your life, Scott? You didn't read a book that
2: emotionally changed you as a person? No, (laughs) that was
0: last week. But no, um, Megan and I uh, are watching Elvis. And I say are watching because it's so fucking long that we're still like at the three-quarter mark. And it's fun. Um, Love Baz Luhrmann. We we love Baz Luhrmann movies. Um, It's the most restrained Baz Luhrmann movie. It starts fucking straight up Baz Luhrmann. And then once it, it's basically like it starts at a sprint and then it's like, oh shit, this is a marathon. Or this is like an 800 meter dash, you know, like, and so it slows the pace down significantly. And um, because after the first 20 minutes, it, it. doesn't really even look like a Baz Luhrmann movie uh which is fine it's it's still good and i mean i'm really impressed with a lot of it Austin Butler's great in it yeah yeah he's he's fantastic and the woman who plays Priscilla is a dead ringer Megan does not like Tom Hanks in the role of the colonel um because she's like anybody anybody else it would have been fine it just all i can see is Tom Hanks in a fat suit and i'm like I, I I do and but I can also suspend my disbelief and and see him as the character. It's supposed to be ridiculous, you know, because it's Baz Luhrmann, and and um, I I like it. Um, I worry though that this last three quarters of it is not going to show enough of the drug use and the the. F- the 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 I think it, I think it, it, it deifies Elvis is what I'm trying yeah, to say sure. is like it makes yeah. him look like this wonderful civil rights activist. And I do accept and uh, understand and appreciate that that was part of him, who he was, his upbringing and the core of his being. But at the same time, you know, it's mm, it's a little deifying.
2: So just because we had a little bit of Oscars talk last week and Elvis is one of the only other Best Picture nominees that I saw. I think it's really weird that that movie is nominated for Best Picture, but Baz isn't nominated for Best Director, because I think I would have reversed it. I would have definitely yeah. been like, oh, Baz is the best director, but I agree with you. I think that movie has way too many pacing issues to justify being one of the best 10 pictures that were made this year, no matter how much well, also, style like, Baz uh, brought Baz to the picture.
0: isn't really... Uh, a. He's not a biographer. It's not what he does. You know, he does the lavish, absurd, visual aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they gave him quaaludes, you know? They're like, here, you know? (laughs) Like, Baz, like, you gotta
2: chill. Yeah, he... Well, Baz, I almost feel like it's a bummer, because Baz Lerman. Baz Luhrmann should, in my eyes, be one of those directors that we look at the same way we look at a Tarantino film, or like, like these like tentpole you watch it directors. Because it's his. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're watching this because it's a Lerman film. But oh, like,
0: that's why we're watching Elvis. Like, that's I, I want to be. clear. But I, mean,
2: but I feel like across, like across the board, he should be in that same because it's not like he's popping out movies nonstop. No, he, no, he he's, does like. One One every six or seven years almost. Like he should be in that same way that we look at like, oh, it's a Peter Jackson movie. We've gotta go see it in theaters. It's a, you Mm -hmm. know, like like one of those truly upheld, like visual I I don't know. It's just it's weird. I, I think about that constantly. Like, this is a dude who's made at most six movies, and all six of them are on such a epic visual scale. Like, how is he not being placed in the same conversation is like when James Cameron shits out a movie, everyone's like, well, you got to see it in IMAX. Like, I feel like Baz Baz Luhrmann's films demand either as
0: far as I know, like
2: like Baz Luhrmann's movies just as much demand, like seeing it on like an IMAX. It's such a visually stunning thing with so much use of sound. Like you would want that full theatric experience. I, I don't know why we don't look at them. (laughs) Like, Like, look at those films in that same lens. It's so strange to me, but Whatever, but yeah, I mean Elvis is fun though. It's, it's it's a movie. I think
1: I'm gonna watch it tonight. I haven't I haven't seen it yet.
2: If you're gonna spend two and a half hours on an Oscar nominee, you should put everywhere everything all at Every- once above. Elvis You know,
1: I, I gotta laugh at how many times Matt
0: has actually gotten everything everywhere all at once right, and <laughs> yeah. and how badly he's fucked it when he's yeah. gotten right. it wrong. The ratio it's is so, interesting. No, it's 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 better than I was expecting, and I'm not
1: missing <laughs> right. Matt. I'm also I'm just he's having it, a hell of a so- season. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
2: because I'm talking too fast and in any like normal casual conversation I will be about to say the name and then I will pause for exactly two seconds to like yeah. process yeah.
1: which people word like, is he buffering? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: But yes, people Matt, are gonna I, be like, "Oh, Matt,
1: he, he adjusted that in the edit." God damn him! <laughs> yeah, but like no, people aren't gonna believe no, it No,
0: I'll, I'll leave uh, that on edit. Yeah, edited. if you get a chance, I would watch everything everywhere all at once first. Yeah, yeah. that was
2: 1993's "The Body Snatchers." You might think. How could they possibly have more films from nineteen ninety
1: three to talk about? Nineteen ninety three only had eight movies. <laughs> and we're doing all of them in a row. All of them.
2: So stay tuned. I don't I have yet to watch next week's movie, so I don't even know how to give you anything about it. So just tune in and find out.